grab two of these steaks, whichever one. You sous vide one. I'm just, I'm going to take a lot less. I'm going to take a nap while you're sous vide your shit. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to wake up, turn on the fucking wood grill. I'm going to, and it's, uh, mine's going to be better. Welcome to the next episode of Pancom Podcast featuring Nick and Company. Uh, and we are joined on this episode by one Josh Pasquale. There are cameras everywhere. This Look at this ingenuity. Look at that ingenuity. This is fucking. That's this the is most Belen human, at its finest, that's right the most here, sir. Thing that's happened on this this is what that Belen education gets that's you: right. a chair for props, men for others, yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> men for others. Men for others. Columbus, we would have had just like one camera. Nah, I would have. I would have hired like a couple a guys to hold cameras, and they would have been lawyers. <laughs> just in case anything happens. Well, you know. Uh, and we're joined by another Columbus guy. Josh Pasquale of Josh's Premium Meats. Thank Round you. of applause from the Thank peanut you. gallery Thank over you. here. Yep. Round Thank of applause. You. Our host is also the, the man gallery. that got several people through quarantine. Josh himself <laughs> is here to talk about his meat with us. <laughs> I practiced that line all day. Here to talk about your meat. What, what were you just talking about? Nick interrupted us to do a. Oh, I was talking about do. the struggles of outside dining right now and my. But you so, got engaged. Congratulations. So I got, yeah, I got engaged. I recently, thank you. Welcome. It was two weeks ago. We went to Redfish yep. uh, Grill. Uh, unbelievable night. Settings perfect. But out of, just out of nowhere. It's typical Miami. Perfect weather. And then five minutes later, lightning strikes. Oh. Crazy wind. My main lobster turns into a lobster bisque. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and it's torrential downpour. But it was okay. I believe it. They moved this inside just to wait so we wouldn't get wet. They let it blow by in 10 minutes. They sat us back down, brought us new entrees, and it was okay. And we laughed it off. Yeah, but you know, like, and this is the thing. Yes, you laughed it off, but there's going to be, for the, for every three of you that laugh it off, there's the one person that doesn't want to. And as a restaurant owner, it's it's, I think, you have to come to a place that you just accept it. Like, I, I'm, I'm not okay with it. Like, I don't say, you know what, you should be angry, but... I've also come to a place that I don't get angry about it either because I'm just like, fuck these people. No. Like, I, I, I mean. Oh, everyone. Carlos Carluba in the the most interesting shirt I've what, uh, seen all day. Good. It's color this fucking place up. Vibrant. This is, this is M. Pingo. And then pink shorts. No, Mamey. That's Mamey. That is Mamey. Mamey. It's me, you're right. I love it. So, since then, they're going to put a tarp over the whole outside uh, dining area to fix that, to help the be- elevate the experience, even if it, there's a torrential downpour. But I think the struggle right now with every restaurant having to deal with outside dining is the weather in summer. You know, it. it yeah, let's give the people in Salina context. So, um, in Miami, currently, you are not allowed to dine indoors per city, whatever, Coordinates, yeah. mandate, whatever the fuck you want to call it, because they believe that you can get the Rona more indoors than you can outdoors, uh, which is whatever. And then, um, you know, there's other parts. This is just Dade County, city of Miami. There's other parts of Florida that uh, still don't care, and they're all about eating indoors and no masks and whatever. It's like once you pass Broward, like no one gives a fuck. No. 
which is incredible to me, right? That um, Florida gets such a bad rap as a whole. But I mean, I don't know if we could break off down downwards of Broward. I would uh, be okay with maybe getting rid of some of the people that are here. But just <laughs> if we could just break off from Broward down and be like, you know, another state, it would be great. But even so, like, <laughs> the way that it's working now is you can't eat inside. So, for example, we did a tasting menu on Monday, which I'll touch on a little bit after. Uh, 13 courses for 37 people. And I did it all outdoors. And it was very, it's tough. It's Miami. It's July. People were hot. People were sweating. We tried, we fans, lots of water. But it was still fucking hot, man. You yeah. know, and it's like one of those things that um, I think, would, would I rather just outdoor dining than no dining? I guess. Oh, 100%. You know, I mean, 100%. I mean, we're, we're going to that way, though. We're going to a place that they're going to shut us down again. I, I, I hope not. I hope not. We, I hope a lot of things, but I think hope is only going to get us so far. I think in reality, these people, it's like a, it's a torrential like uh, 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 brawl between city mayors about who has the city's best interest at heart, and people want to uh, close because. And listen, the truth is, is that it's like it's just kind of like it's the same. Nothing has improved, and nothing has gotten worse. So I guess in that regard, like. Yeah, maybe you should shut down. Maybe you shouldn't. Uh, honestly, I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend. I'm not a scientist. I don't pretend to know the fucking answers. But if we do get worse, then, I mean, something does have to change. Right. You know, even me as a business owner, like, I understand the risk in saying that. It's not a popular uh, decision or, or statement or whatever, but I don't care. I'm, I'm all about unpopular statements. But, you know, we're, we're, we're in a... Uh, world right now that we don't know and if we pretend to know then i think that's really that's really where we fuck up yeah. and, and you know what i have faith in owners like yourself and many other owners in miami because we're really good at pivoting and and just having to work with the best we have so yeah. I, I think that a lot of people will fight back no matter what the rules are no matter what it it's is interesting we we our culture is not one to just like oh you know what? i'm gonna lay down and just I'm, I'm going to just pick another career because this isn't working out. Hey, Nick, you hungry? So hungry. I was actually thinking about ordering some red meat from Josh's Premium Meats. What do you think? Sounds like a great idea, but I can't slurp that. I got a great idea then. Why don't we hit up the Lazy Oyster? What's the Lazy Oyster? Oh, my God. You haven't heard of the Lazy Oyster yet? No, but it sounds like something Gilardi would do. Alex Gilardi, exactly one of my favorite people that I would never talk shit about ever. Alex Gilardi opened up this amazing concept called the Lazy Oyster. They deliver oysters right to your house. To my house? To your house. Get out of town. I can't and I won't because we got to eat the oysters here. Anyways, look them up on social media at the Lazy Oyster. They got a funny design. It's a clam, but it's an oyster. You never knew. Being lazy. Being lazy. We're going to add it on to the premium meats here, and we're going to have one hell of a fucking dinner. What do you think? I think this is the best idea you've had in a long time. I can't wait. See you later, Nick. See ya. <laughs> yeah, I, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, talking about, like, Miami ownership and all that stuff, and... Um, 
I do believe that it's a strong culture here of people that will pivot. And, you know, Miami gets a bad rap a lot. And I, I, that's part of, like, my issue, my issues with a lot of the rest of the, the country is that people don't give us credit. And I think that we have one of the scrappiest, Tenacity. hardworking uh, food and beverage communities that I've ever seen. And it's, like, one of the strongest on the come up in the entire country. And let me tell you, I've spent a lot of time and I've made it a point to eat all around the country as much as I can. You know, if I get a weekend, if I just get a couple days, maybe if I get five days, which is rare, to just go eat. And and I see a strong community here and one that does care about each other. And you see it more now uh, than ever because of obviously the climate that we're in. But, yeah, they're going to they're gonna pivot. They're going to move. They're going to do the things that they need to do in order to survive. Yeah. You know? So. And, and, and I know that businesses, you know, you have to make money. But there's something that drives you and many other people. It's their passion. And this is what they, they, they don't do this for the money. They do it because it fulfills them. This is their passion. This is their gift to the world. So yeah. I think that that somehow, you can't hold that back. They'll find a way. Right. I think, um, for me personally, like, I, everything I do food-wise is, is, it's for passion. You know, and it's, um. As a business owner, I know that I have to make money for myself and for my partners, but we never sacrifice what we do for money, and I think that's very important. I just had two dishes right now that you could tell it's like unbelievable, like the flavor profiles that just took place when I was having that um, the conch. Like, wow, wow! Like me and two, three other my friends were like, we sat there and just like. Dude, yeah, it's, it's good. powerful. It's, yeah, I love I love that dish. That's one of a, my it's favorite. A great, it's a great dishes. dish. So um, that's actually one of the dishes that was on the tasting on Monday. Yeah, yeah, unique, very unique. Yeah, it's weird. I like I like keeping it a little weird. Because hey, Nick, if you see Dave, maybe we should lower the music out here. He can control it. I yeah. I can't. Dave. Dave's the guy with the the funny hair, point over the manager yeah. in the white shirt. Funny hair. Yeah. Funny hair. Hey, hey, funny hair. Hey, with the funny hair. When you say, yeah. When, when you say conch, I immediately think back to the early days of where I learned conch, which was bimini, yeah. the salads, or Nassau, or and then the crank, crack conch fried. But this was different. Conch this, salad? This wasn't chewy. Oh, this yeah. Was, the texture was... Well, it was cooked for soft. two hours. It better not be chewy. It, it, no, no. It melted. Yeah, good. And then the flavor profile was like a savory mixed with like the, seat, like the conch natural flavor. Yeah. It's, uh, I think, a big thing i think about often when i'm coming up with the menu is oftentimes in miami people want to say that it's so difficult to work with some of the things that are local to here especially during the summertime because um regular veg doesn't grow you know we only have like tropical fruits so on and so forth but I think part of my mission is to implement those flavor profiles into a classical, like a more classic French palette. You know, so like those French techniques and those like bourguignon, for instance, serving it with conch, with lobster and uh, gremolata. It's like a little different, you know, um, and that's not normal. And, and people don't um, I, I think sometimes people don't take the time to just think about it and look at it from a different angle break the rules yeah no i'm all about breaking the rules break the rules i love breaking the rules play with your food and and you know what that's the you know the, the that's the beauty in creating and and having that vision and and just again we're coming from a place of passion 
and taking all the things that you love and putting them together and seeing what works, what doesn't. And then you yeah. create something that delicious and you share it with everyone you love who supports you at your restaurant. To me, that's awesome. So I appreciate that. I think, uh, you know, this podcast is all about you. Let's talk about, um, so we went to the same high school. So you're from Miami. I'm from Miami, born and that's, raised. That's good to hear. Rob at Depot! I need I need another one of these. What would you like to drink, sir? Margarita. Yeah, with the Oh, Margarita. No, no. I just tried it right now and it had honey in it. Unbelievable. All right, okay, all right, all right. I'm, I'm into it. Guy ordered, you, guy ordered margarita. Yeah. Are you sure you don't want to recommend the brolada? No, the brolada. The brolada is a vibe, apparently. It's what I hear. When you go to the tourist side of property, it was like the brolada is a Which vibe. I haven't heard about this drink. Brolada is one of the – we have a new slushy drinks over there. Dude, can, can I can I change now for a brolada? I don't know. You already <laughs> went margarita. You got to – you know, Dude, it's hot as shit. I'll take an icy all day it's, right now. It feels nice out here right no, now. No, the breeze is nice. Georgia, there it is. I, I can't wait. Hey, hey, I love her accent. Yeah, I know. Instantly, accent. like made made like the. That is not true at all. That's not the only reason. It was the second reason. Should, should we have <laughs> Georgia? one of the top five? <laughs> it wasn't. The, it was one of the top five reasons. Maybe we should have Georgia record all our intros. Uh, that's what it is. <laughs> no, my favorite movie is A Bronx Tale. What? Little C. Yeah, of course. Collosio. They call me Little C Collosio because I had the girls. Collosio. Little C. Yeah, you. you no you, way you just said that. Yeah, the uh, the the door test. You got to give every woman yeah. you date hey, the door test. Hey, did she reach over? Did she, yeah, grab, did she reach over and winner. unlock the door? Oh. Then she's a winner. My recommendation, I'm going to give two recommendations today. I'm giving one early. If you haven't seen a Bronx Tale, you got to get in and watch a Bronx Tale. You got to do the door test. If you're a guy... For all the ladies, learn the door test if you really like the guy. That's all I'm saying. Dude, door but test. nowadays it's different, right? Everything's electric. Nah, we take Ubers. We're not driving. Oh, uh, Uber. <laughs> Where's Fred when you need him, right? Um, Josh, born and raised in Miami? Born and raised in Miami. Okay. Where'd you go um, to middle school? So I started off at Glades Middle School. No idea where that is. So it's public. And then I went to St. Thomas the Apostle. And that all was right. my transition into the Catholic you know the, the the private school sector private school sector and uh just it worked out great we ended it's, up at it's incredible i got kicked out of like five schools <laughs> between first and eighth grade like five yeah, they were just like friends they never they uh, maybe they never like uh they never kicked me out mid mid-year but then at the end they were like listen we're just not gonna ask you to come back we're gonna ask you to not come back and we're gonna be okay with that and then finally, when I got to Columbus, Christopher Columbus High School, which is the best uh, high school in Dade County, um, they kept me for some reason for all four years because I fit in. I don't know why. I, I, Columbus is definitely a special place. And uh, I always I always thank, you know, the community in Columbus because our network, to me, is one of the strongest and I'd say one of the best, for sure. The Brotherhood. It's like a fraternity. Well, yeah. I don't know. Not like I'm, not a big, I'm not a big fan of fraternities, I'm not going to say like Greek like life. paying for friends is not ever something I jump into. Um, but I, I'm saying that it is a brotherhood, for sure. And I, I think that the, the Columbus community supports so, uh, each other. Note for our listeners, uh, fraternity means brotherhood. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but it sounds different. Yeah, like you know, this you isn't say, Greek life. You know, you, oh Greek. Now we're getting all weird. Now it's <laughs> now it's getting all kinds no, of strange. It definitely is a brotherhood. Um, it's helped me in my past, and especially in my early, you know, business career and other jobs before I started Josh Prima Meats. And it's even helped me even more now when I decided to open up my own business and the school itself with the teachers, you know, students, parents of students have reached out and shown love, and they've definitely helped support me and many other companies that are started by Columbus. Yeah, I mean, I I have Columbus graduates at this restaurant on a weekly basis. I actually have uh, one of my uh, kicker, my high school kicker, comes and he eats the same thing with his girlfriend every week. The Chug Burger and the Short Rib. Dude, it's that good. Oh, I know. It's that consistently good. I know. I'm all about that. Listen, that's what I'm about. I love consistency and deliciousness that's yeah. like the name of the game it's it's actually hard because to create something once is fine to 100%. create it over and over and over again and this person have the same experience now you're talking agreed so. i'm with that 100 percent. so uh so then you went into the private school sector you went to columbus i went to columbus <laughs> why are you nick why are you laughing about the private school sector comment what's wrong with that it's just a funny terminology. I like the idea of a private school sector. It is. I mean, it's a sector. Yeah. Of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I go to Columbus, then I move on to, uh, to go to school in Tallahassee. Wait. Hold on. So you went to FSU? I started at TCC. Had, as as do all Columbus grads start at <laughs> TCC when they go to... That's Tallahassee Community College for all the people that didn't know. Adelante. Yep. <laughs> hey, 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 that's how it started. Hey, I was look. I was for me. I was I was a mix. I was phase two. What a hey, hey, if we're gonna get, I was phase two, phase three. Like All I right, was let's, a mix. Let's, we gotta give people context what phase two means. Phase two <laughs> is the the lowest phase of learning at Columbus, <laughs> right? No, but you got to tell them the characters that are in phase two. I can't wait till you show the video of this podcast because it's such a train wreck. <laughs> There's a guy with drinks that's wearing a mask. And a Marlin hat that they are they are suspended till further notice. There's Armando the dishwasher that's trying to walk through, but Petey is blocking him. There's Emma that's being great as per usual. Carluba's wearing a Zach Morris shirt, talking to your friend, and his hair is slicked back like he's in Carlito's way. And then there's Nick that is awkward as per usual. Um, and we're back. <laughs> so, what were we talking about? Talking about, uh, oh yeah, TCC, Tallahassee Community College. You know, my sister, I love her to death. She's an angel, not really, but she, um, she, she said she was going to go to FSU. Then she went to TCC, and we didn't hear from her again for two years. <laughs> <laughs> Look, in all fairness, TCC's, uh, it was a great school with heart. Um, I shared a lot of the same teachers because apparently it was hard to get a full-time job at FSU, so a lot of the t- same teachers that taught at FSU taught at TCC. So the curriculum was really tough. This wasn't no Miami-Dade. No offense to Miami-Dade. This was hard. Hey, I hear Miami-Dade is one of the best. Hey, it gets better, though. We're not, hey, we're going to show love to Miami-Dade now because I ended Aren't up going to the Sharks. The I go sharks? to TCC. Oh. Miami-Dade I'm there. Sharks? I'm in TCC. I'm in Tallahassee. Um, from there, I, I was going to go to Florida State. And you were going to. At that time, my mom's like, listen, well, you know what? There's a, there's a story within coming back home. Tell me the story within the story. I like those. My family, my mom at the time needed me to get a job. I had to get a job because she's like, look, I can help you go away. 
but I need you to get a job in the meantime to help just pay, you know, just things that you need up there. So I go to the only Cuban restaurant in Tallahassee, which was called Gordo's. And I think I, I've heard of this place. Yeah. Is it any good? It was, yeah, it was, I mean, for, for being eight hours away, it was pretty good. Cuban. Okay. You know, it was definitely, it would remind, they have croquetas, they have, I mean, there's Cuban restaurants five minutes away that suck. So, I mean, forget about that. Well, part. imagine it be like the only place that you get a little taste of, of home. You know, other than the care packages that Abuela and Mom send you, which are awesome. Which are awesome, yeah. So, I end up getting the job there. I'm working in the kitchen. Um, I'm doing prep work. Good for you. And and that is kind of where the passion and love for being in the kitchen and being around food and prepping starts. Obviously, I wasn't crazy about the money I was making, but it was enough to get me by. And, you know, right. and um, and I made my parents, you know, happy. I, I, that was part of the deal. You know, you get to go away, but you got to get a job. And when you're over there in college, like, dude, fo- food? Is one last thing I had to worry about because I worked at a restaurant and all my friends. I'd come home with pan. I came home with pan comité. I came home with extra steaks and everyone loved it. All my roommates were like, "Dude, never leave this place. Like this right. is the best deal we ever had." So that was you know something cool of being in Tallahassee. But I ended up leaving about a year and a half in, and I came back um, and I got I went to Miami Dade, which I ended up finishing. The sharks, yeah, the sharks. Miami Dade Sharks, and I ended up graduating from Miami Dade. One of the first. Um, bachelor's business management classes okay so i'm working there and then i go into um i'm a yacht broker at the time working at my buddy's yacht broker yacht broker like selling yachts i was selling boats i didn't sell too many yachts but i sold a couple of open fishermen so yacht broker it was never heard it was it was was a great it it had the name was bigger than the the role itself but i had a lot of fun and exposed me to a lot of negotiation skills that dave you're doing great keep it up I was able to sharpen up my negotiation skills and, and kind of thicken my skin because I was swimming directly with sharks. And then from there, I, I went into the medical device industry. So I started doing that, which led me to Josh's Premium Meats later on. Which industry said again? So medical device. Oh, medical. So medical devices got you into meat later on. Chef, is that all the meat? Oh, man. It's, it's the meat. Oh, man. Some of the meat. Some of the meat. I like. You guys kept some meat, right? Oh, amazing. I love it. Good. I love that. Roman. Oh, this is a spread, eh? All right, so. All right, do you know which one's the ribeye? All right, guys, I missed you already. All right, that should be the ribeye. That should be the skirt. The two Denvers, the A5. Good stuff. All right, and you already salted it, or do we have a finishing salt? All right, cool. You want to, uh, so before you dig into all this, uh, Josh, why don't you walk us through what just came to the table? Right, walk us through So it. we and were saying a story, but I want to. We're going to take, yeah, you eat yeah, that so piece, but we're going to take some pictures of this. I want to go into what we're looking at right now. So we brought a little bit of our favorite oh. items here in, in the store. So on the right here, we have the Japanese A5 imported Wagyu. Then we have the Australian Wagyu skirt steak. And then one of our most popular items, which is the Wagyu Denver steaks. That come from the shoulder of the cow. And then my favorite cut, which is our Marble Score 8-9 Australian Wagyu ribeye. Which I feel is if one of the best steaks I've ever had. Um, but, so yeah, this is, I brought, I wanted you guys not, not only to hear the story about JPM, yeah. Josh Premier Meats, but also taste it. And, and kind of awesome. understand what what fired me up to want to continue with this little idea. And, and turned out to be, it's my dream. So you mentioned, uh, and I'll, I'll step off the mic in a second, but you you mentioned before we turned on all the things that uh, 
one or more of these cuts was like what got you excited about this business? Talk a little bit about that. It, it was actually the Japanese A5 because um, I had only had it at Nobu and places in Vegas, and it was always so expensive. You know, it was something that was two hundred twenty-five dollars for four ounces, and every time I had it, I I, I had this desire to. I was like, why? I I don't want this to end. I want to keep going, but two hundred twenty-five dollars for me is very. At the time, it still is. It, it, it's not cheap. You know, it's not cheap. We all work really hard for our money. So I was like, man, I wish I could have the same experience, but at my house. Um, you know, and, and I don't mind taking the risk of cooking it. I, I accept the challenge. I find it actually, it, it's a rush when you get a piece like this. So when I first started, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I have fresh Japanese A5 here in my house. Like, no, we're not at a Michelin star restaurant. No, we're not at some crazy we are in my house, and I am the chef of the night, and I hope I don't fuck this up. <laughs> That's good. No, you didn't. This is all, it's all inside. Yeah. So, you know, and before I did this, the first time I got it, I remember going on YouTube, and I must have looked at, like, 10 recipes to see, like, how other people do it, the best outcome. I mean, and, and that right there, that process, that you're seeking to, like, you know... Ma- that right there is what makes the whole thing part of it. You're like, holy shit, it, this is a special night. You know, you're getting a good wine to match it. You're, you know, you're, 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 you're it's, you're setting a, a perfect experience. And that's why, um, that's why I started Josh Premium Meats. It was just the source, the best and, um, and cook it at home. And this was before COVID. This was, I had no idea. This was three years ago and it all started there. And then it, like anything else, when you love something so much, you're happy and you want to share it with someone. And I wanted to share it with my closest friends. And I wanted to tell them, I was like, guys, I just had a mind-blowing experience. Like, And they're like, what are you talking about? I was like, dude, you, I just had a steak that blew my fucking mind. And they're like, all right, what's the, you know, because, you know, we were still young and fine dining wasn't something that, like, we, we were kind of just breaking into it. And um, and that that's where that's where it all begins. And then my friend, I got my friends hooked on it, and they got their friends hooked on it, and it just spread. It started spreading, and everyone's like, "Can I eat like, some of this? Is that fine? Yeah." I want so, to hear all the stories. So, what you're tasting here is a New York strip. It's a Japanese A5. Um, that that's one, the one that started it all. Yeah, that's a medium rare plus. That's I would say that's rare plus. That's how I like to eat my steak. It's almost mooing. Like a good veterinarian could bring that back to life. Good flavor. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I mean the goal here is to just sear it service yeah so it's almost like a steak marshmallow but when has steak had that kind of i don't my taste buds when i eat that go nuts because i'm just like wow what am i eating you know truthfully i gotta be honest i'm not a big red meat guy really yeah no i've never i've never been a big red meat guy i've said it a million times just this is very good just because of like digestion um texture i always feel like people fuck it up they don't season it properly well, a lot of overseasoned shit, overcooked hey, shit. You know, look, when you're dealing with lesser quality meat, a lot of chefs have to put a lot of work in yeah. to make it, to bring out a good, you know, a good outcome. 100%. So, funny enough, you said that about not eating red meat. There's a lot of couples that come in and say, Josh, before we, we met you, we didn't consume a lot of red meat. But since eating your product, one, I don't feel as bloated. Mm. I could, my body knows it's a cleaner product. Mm-hmm. And two... It tastes so much better. Yeah, like yeah. I've had people that are well, vegetarians say, I broke my, like what I believe in to taste your steak and it tasted so good. We're not promoting that by the way, but if you want to, Josh Premium Meats, <laughs> no. come by. No, but 
I, I, I believe in it. If that's what you stand for, it's all good. But I've had those kind of stories and, and people come out to say, if I'm going to eat steak, I'm doing it with, with this kind of crowd. Well, the, the truth is, like, it goes that way with, with a lot of things, right? Like, people can go to the store and get uh, corn and they get zucchini and they get tomatoes and they taste like nothing. You can go to a farm and you can get zucchini, corn, and tomatoes and it could be life-changing because it's good product that was nurtured by a farmer that's been working for 30 years. And the same thing goes for red meat. Yeah. Same thing goes for any kind of product and that's why like for us, I always say that we're a product-driven restaurant. Like we find the best products that we can. We try to do as little as we can with them to execute a beautiful dish. And it's the same thing. Like I'm for red meat. I'm usually grill, salt, and sauce. That's it. And that's that's all you need when it's the and meat's the good. sauce is always optional. Yeah, we never put it on there for you. Oh. So like, um, but we used to have a. Porterhouse on the menu, and it was just served the porterhouse as it came with a side of house-made A1 with black garlic and um, uh, a demi reduction on that. Yeah. That's all it came and, with. And for anyone listening, porterhouse is an unbelievable cut because it's, a tough it's cut to cook. But it's tough, tough cut, cut to cook, but you get the best of both worlds yeah. because for those that don't know, a porterhouse, one side is a New York strip, which is delicious, and the other side is a super tender filet mignon. Right, but... Which is true. So it, it's an unbelievable steak to have because you, you're just, you know, you get really two amazing steaks with the bone dead center giving it that natural flavor. It's just tough to cook, like, the yeah. even temp yeah. on both sides, which no one cares about, but it's very difficult. No, I mean, hey, we all have the same struggles, especially if we're cooking at home. We all don't want to overcook it or we want to get that perfect temp. You know, that's why some people like using probes and different things to cheat. You know, not cheap, but the, just to make sure that they get there. You saw any smoking cuts or no? Yeah. One of my favorite cuts that I enjoy smoking is tri-tip and picanha. Oh, tri-tip I, is good. I lo- And beef cheeks. I don't know. I know it's not a big popular item here. Why but los cachetes, lo, the beef cheeks, is one of... Chef, great job. Great job. Clap it up. Good Chef, job. nice work. Thank you. But, um, by the way, have you tried, have you tried the ribeye? Because the ribeye on the on the right side, this is far. This is a skirt steak. Eating all the ribeye. So have you tried the skirt? Oh, I did. I did My, this is churraco, what we grew up on. You know, or at least I did, because you don't eat a lot of red meat. No, no, no. But I, I did grow up on it. It's my least favorite cut of meat. And I just had a piece. It's delicious. So what I love about it is it's not chewy. It's got that buttery flavor because that, usually it's very chewy. Right, and it's got that buttery flavor that gives it such a good like taste. But it's not overpowering because you just had Japanese A5. It's unbelievable, right? But there's a reason why when you go to a restaurant, it's in smaller portions because it's so rich. It's so rich. It's I so just rich. Had three pieces. And right. I'm and like and you're like, out. it's okay. Yeah. Oh, it's delicious. How much do you sell a steak like that for? So this is a 16-ounce steak, New York Strip. We sell this at our store for $120 for 16 ounces. That's cheap. If you do the math. That's cheap. Nobu's selling it at $250, $215. Stop using Nobu. Their prices are like absolutely okay. absorbent. It doesn't make any sense what they charge okay. for but, stuff. But, well, it's, but from the consumer standpoint, I get it. I understand. I'm just saying. Right. It's so like, it's I find, I find dining, you're often going to find this for you know the high hundreds, two hundreds for four ounces. So we're giving you sixteen ounces at one hundred and twenty dollars. But yes, you are the cook. 
you have to go home. But the good thing about it is it's the easiest cook on the menu because you go home, you get some kosher salt or any salt that you enjoy eating. I like kosher. It's one I, I prefer the most. Season both sides. You're going to get a cast iron pan. You're going to go as hot as that pan can go. And I don't use any butter and I don't use any oil. I literally take a piece of the fat cap and that's how I treat the pan because I want to cook it in its natural fats and its own taste. I don't want to alter that taste. It doesn't need it. And that is how you cook two minutes each side. You take it off. You let it rest and get ready because it's insane. So this kind of... Uh, the ribeye, time to go. That's... Yeah. A, okay. Yeah. So the ribeye, I'll tell you this. Time to go. What I like about that ribeye is it has the marble, but it still has the strong beef flavor that we like. Yeah. I could sit down and have a whole ribeye. Do you have any dry aged meats or no? So we do. But right now, we it's not on the menu, and I'll tell you why. As a business owner, when I first came out, I was super ambitious, and I wanted to have it all on the menu. But the problem was that most consumers that would come into the store, when they would see the dry-aged, they're like, oh, Josh, it doesn't look right. It's moldy. And a lot of people said, Josh. Why does it look like jerky? No, no. They would tell me. They would tell me, this smells rancid. Ah, well. And I'm just like, have you ever had dry-aged before? And they're like, yeah, at a restaurant. But I was like, did you see it before they cooked it? And they're like, well, and I was like, because, you know, 30 days, we had up to 60 days, which is funky. We did 120 days. Oh, that's even, that's, I, and, and, you know, I've done, and I've gotten into the whiskey ones, and all, which I'm not a big fan of, but I like the traditional dry aging. They're delicious. I've had some of the best dried steaks in the world. But because of the struggles of not a lot of people understanding what right, dry right. age is totally in its raw it. form, I just decided to take it off the menu for now i tell i always tell people i was like if you want to order a dry aged steak have you ever do you like blue cheese yeah. what i tell them automatically do you enjoy blue cheese so no, this kind of dry steak. yeah this kind of puts it's kind of cheeky puts us in a part of the conversation that i thought might be interesting um you know so you're selling josh this super high-end product direct to consumer uh, and and i had this conversation actually with uh with miguel um Masans. Right. Uh, about what the, maybe not the relationship, but like what the impact is on the broader food market that includes restaurants, right? And so we brought up some restaurants that sell product like this prepared, right, for the customer. So this is kind of like, not really a question, but a prompt for both of you. Like, Mike, when you see this, and, and this is new or new-ish, for Miami, right? Because if you live in New York City, you've had access to this kind of product for a while. But when you see this, like, wh what comes, what goes through your mind in terms of like what it does for the consumer of restaurant food? In my mind, what I assume, and this is based partly on my experience with cigars, having the experience of having worked with this at home makes for a more educated consumer, which makes for a better consumer when they come into the restaurant. It's a loaded, it's a loaded topic. Right? Yeah. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I just, because I had a conversation with a friend of mine earlier today. There's a, a strong possibility that for the next five years, mid-level dining could disappear, right? And that's, it's worrisome to all of us in the industry, right? When I say mid-level dining, I, I talk about food that is not chef-driven and food that's not like sports bar. You know, chef-driven concepts, I think, will thrive, which is great, obviously, for me. And then the lower-end stuff, like um, 
like diners and sports bars will thrive. But that mid-level that makes up, I think, 80% of our industry could go away, which are steakhouses, fish houses, things like that. Because for the last six months and maybe for the next six months, people have been at home cooking. So if you haven't, if you ordered from Josh's Premium Meats and you're cooking at home and you understand the value, which is great, you understand that you can cook this at home. Why the fuck are you going to go to a steakhouse and do it? So we got, oftentimes there are clients that walk in like, Josh, I went to so-and-so restaurant. And I'm not going to name restaurants because I think every one of these restaurants that are right now are doing an awesome job. I have a lot of respect for chefs. They're not all doing an awesome job. But you're being very PC. It's fine. No, but you know what? They're doing okay. We have a lot of respect for people that run a hard-earned business. The best that they can. So we don't bash anyone. We show love. But a lot of people walk in, they're like, Josh, you've ruined steak for me because I've gone to many steakhouses now and I'm realizing that what I'm being served, I'd rather stay home. Yeah. Like what you just said and have this churraco instead of paying, you know, $40 for a churraco right, right. that is chewy and it, it wasn't memorable. It wasn't. It, 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 Agreed. It, but restaurants won't go away for another reason. It's nice to go out and get out of the house. It's nice to let someone else do the cooking and spend quality time with whoever you're... Yeah, but what I mean is... But yes, I know... The higher saying. end or the lower end can, I think, can withstand, like, yeah. withstand this. It's the middle. Yeah. It's like the rudimentary steakhouse that doesn't really... That yeah. does Cook. just a fine job, which is fine. Like, I get it. Like, maybe they should be pushed yeah. out, but that that also creates a lot of jobs it's like a very loaded situation no it's, right? it's tough it's tough it really is and and again my and there's my, probably a lot of people that buy your product and fuck it up at home uh, i mean when when you come into our stop into our shop and you buy our product we literally ask you like hey how are you planning on cooking this no like when you go to a normal and i try to always give cooking recommendations but yes yeah, some people overcook it and miss the full experience yeah, but, I mean, it's tough. Like, but even then, if you were to mess this up and you were to go to a grocery store and buy and mess that up, no, it's different. It's you different. can't even eat that. This no, is different. still going to be a, a, a really good well, thing. Well, it's, it's the difference between buying a Yellowtail Snapper at, at fucking Publix or buying Yellowtail Snapper at a fishery. Yeah. It's the difference. Like, you know, it's back to the thing. It's like buying a piece of zucchini at Publix. I hate to keep bashing Publix. I don't mean to. I'm just... You know, I'll take their ad dollars if Publix. they want to throw an ad in here. I'm Publix, cool. you can buy ads by emailing info at datamag.com. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Or, or you Actually, go. We don't have a sponsor, so this episode is brought to you by Publix. Publix. Actually, we have a sponsor. Oh, I got I to gotta give a, yeah. Oh, we got, we got news? We have a sponsor. Holding out on us here? No, but it's free sponsor. Oh, that's right. It's a, uh, that's gotta, the, our, our favorite kind. I got to, yeah. So we specialize in, if you want free. Wait. <laughs> but I want to go after what Nick said real, real quick. So okay, I don't. What did Nick say? He says so, a lot of things. And our, so <laughs> no, there's something that Nick said. We are educating and create. You know the right. the consumers. So by naturally educating and exposing them to something that they didn't know existed, because I didn't know existed. I truly did not know. Three years ago, like I knew that there was good beef, but I didn't know. I, I when I was on the on the seat for the best this world had to offer. You're like on a quest. You don't know what you're going to find, and you're always finding new things. I had no idea that it was this good. I had no idea I was missing out on this. And as soon as I started sharing it with my friends, they're like, 
holy shit. Shared that. I, I feel the same way. Yeah, and, and, and now, like, yeah, right. And, and to, the, to the point that my friends would be like, Josh, look, there's times that I don't go to your shop because my my wife, it's just easier for her to do todos mandados, like, all her list at the grocery store. And, you know, like, so Why she you should deliver. No, we have delivery. Oh, then but it, but no, but it, I'm just sharing an experience. Someone oh. talking with like, look, They're and every time, messy. every time my wife gets steak from whatever market, when I go to eat it, I'm instantly frustrated and angry that I didn't spend the time to go and get your stuff or have it delivered because it's that much of a difference when I go to hip. I, I, I think I do think that this weird year has given people a different perspective on food. Yeah. You know, like there's more than just what's at Publix. Like, for instance, when Publix um, again. when <laughs> I'm sorry, Publix. This guy loves Publix. Hey, hey, this guy's always at Publix. <laughs> Who donates? Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did you hear about Presidente and the, the whole thing? Oh man, that's a whole other subject. We need a podcast that's for that. The whole like paying off a guy to. Oh, we talked about this yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Paying off a guy to, uh, to yeah, to judge someone. People are in jail for. A People are in jail for a long time. Oh. When we turned Chugs into a supermarket for a short period of time, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, during you know, the, the Cuban American diner slash supermarket. Yeah, that, that we did during quarantine because during quarantine we pivoted seventy five times. So you're saying eggs and all like the essentials sold, here? We sold uh, farm fresh eggs. We sold um, produce from Bee Heaven Farms and Homestead. We sold our house made pastas, pasta sauces, and we sold. Uh, some meats too. Uh, Green Circle Farms chicken that we use here a lot, which is my favorite chicken on the planet. Um, you know, and some regular like meat cuts that aren't to this quality, right? But it will get you by, and it, it was something. That- but it was still better than what you would get at a supermarket like Winn Dixie. Better? Hey. Is that better? The beef people. Winn Dixie. The beef people. <laughs> I just called out the beef people. Those tangda pinga. Fresco Imas or whatever. I don't know what that is. They need to re- they need to refresh that. They need to refresh that whole concept. And and I will say that Wagyu is growing because more chefs are being you know are, are working with the product. But Wagyu is a loose term because Wagyu is is just you know it's it, it's the cat. It, it, Wagyu means Japanese cow, but within Wagyu there are so many different breeds right. and crossbreeds DNA. So, you can get Wagyu from one spot. Oh, look, they have Wagyu. But what is it? What is it? Is it American? Is it Australian? Is it Japanese? Is it Uruguay? Like from Uruguay? Like, you know, what's... like? So, it's it's almost like... But it's cool. the catchphrases, right? Yeah, it's like, like people are using saying, it for marketing. Uh, Angus. Yeah. Like, when you say Angus, everyone's like, oh, it's Angus beef. They don't know what that really means. There's they levels don't know. to it. There's levels to it. There is it a brand? Like, a lot of people will tote... Um, a certain type of cattle but it's really just a brand like it's like it's a whole thing and people need to dive deeper but at the end of the day when you go into a supermarket and you have something inside that little fucking um styrofoam with uh plastic wrap around it you don't even really know what you're getting you know and i think you're trusting the label but you got to go deeper like when you understand what a real butcher shop is like right which true butcher shop style, like a Dario Cincini. You know Dario Cincini's? That oh guy. My God. That guy. That guy is a legend upon legends because he's one of the last true butchers 100%. in the world. No, no. You know, and like what they do there is on a completely different level. If you put 
like an American person that just buys produce and meat at a supermarket, I'm not going to say which one, then they're not going to understand what a real butcher shop does. Like, you know, I got a lot of love for all the butcher shops in Miami, you know, but what Dario does is on a different level. It's like, you know, when you He's find those artist. butchers the in Europe. An artist. Yeah, yeah. When you find those butchers in Europe that they're three generations deep, four generations deep of butchering whole animals and really showing tribute and honoring the whole animal, that, that art is lost a lot. You definitely so, and then when you just talk about, sim- like, and I'm not trying to simplify what you do, but in comparison to someone like a Dario, this is just talking about grades and quality. So we had to, we had to kind of... I wanted to change what I always knew to be a butcher shop with my concept. It was a little bit of a different concept. Sure. So when you walked into our shop, traditionally you would in a butcher shop you would see guys cutting, you would see it laid out. It would be open air or wrapped in plastic in the in the deli cases. But at the same time, e-commerce has changed the way that we shop. And I and sure. I and I and I don't want to say that what butcher shops stand for and do won't work because I think that that artistry will live on. But I had to be, I had to think, how does the world work today? And the world comes to the consumer. It works with convenience. It also works with, we've said the word a lot, pivoting. So how can I sell something that is flexible, versatile? So I said, I was going to make a spec for all the items that we love. And I was going to place it in vacuum sealed bags. Not a butcher paper. I was going to do it like this because if you go home and your plans change, it is now safe to freeze this fresh item that you picked up from my shop and put it in the freezer. Yeah, and I, I don't disagree with that. And but you do, you do have to understand that the, the difference between like what you do and what a butcher shop does is that one is more of a business model and the other one is more of a craft. So we can get into the cutting. But the, the thing is, if I'm cutting in front of you, when there is... 20 people inside my store do you know how long you're gonna have to wait while i'm cutting fresh for you i understand that and but if you really want great food you're gonna have to fucking wait and that that to me is 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 part of the thing but see you're patient and i i i I wish everyone had your patience sure because when someone has to wait seven or eight minutes longer because just to place their order people are upset people are upset they want to go in and out and listen i'm not i'm not downing the the, the system or uh, the the business model that you've created. What I'm saying what I'm saying is that true hearted butcher shop ideology. It's a lifestyle. hundred percent. That shit is a lifestyle. The way that people live in Europe, right? The the people that shop at butcher shops here, the ones that choose to, mm-hmm. um, it's a lifestyle. Like, you know, I know butchers across the country that will sit there and they spend all day breaking down a whole animal. And to me, that kind of craft and artistry, you know, like it's worth waiting for. You know what I'm saying? 100%. But the, the, the problem or I guess the where, where you looked at the issue and, and you uh, kind of doubled down on what people are nowadays is like the, the two-day shipping, right? It's the Amazon ideology. It's not so much Amazon because I, I think that the Amazon misses a lot of personal connections, you know, relationship building. To us, we still cut fresh. It's just not done in your 
right there in that moment. But we cut fresh in the morning. It gets cut fresh at night. But we're also, we're, we're just, we know our volumes. So we have it ready for the day. And it's, we're trying to just expedite the process of how you pick your meat mm-hmm. and need to go. Yeah. So everything is still cut fresh. It's just not in the moment like you, you're explaining with these artists where, hey, can I get two, you know, pork chops? And two pork chops are cut right there off of an eight bone rack. Tell, you know, t- t- tell me whether I'm whether I'm missing something, but it sounds like to the extent that there's a different perspective here, it's where you're talking about product and you're saying that ultimately the product is the same. You're talking about the experience as part no, of the product. Right. And, and you know what? The experience. I agree. I agree. But unfortunately, right. I, I have read the analytics. I've read, you know, where this market's going. And in, for me to run with this concept, I have to. I have to make it so easy for the consumer to just because they can. There's a ton of places they can go, but how, I'm gonna make it so it's easy to order. I'm gonna give you the quality you seek, and I'm gonna stay affordable and aggressively priced in a market that's very saturated right now. So I'm gonna give you efficiency because I know that you have a busy schedule. I'm gonna be considerate of your time. I'm gonna either if I have to deliver it, I will. If I if you want me to have it ready for you for a pickup, I will. I'll have it packaged. So if you want to have it fresh for the next three or four days, or if you want to freeze it, you have that option. And I'm going to give you insane quality. That's not like we said, supermarkets, but I also want to give it to you at a great price. Yeah. Which I, I think is, it, it's super valuable. That, what, that, what I'm saying is that there's, there's a difference between what, what you offer, which is a great product and what a butcher shop is. I, I think that it, it's very important in the process to say that this is X and that is X, you right. know, because when I look at Dario, which, you know, I mean, he's a legend upon legends, legend. right? Like there's a- not, there's not a piece of an animal that that man does not know how to honor. No, he you works know, with everything works right. with everything. And that's kind of what I mean, you know, like in the process. And I mean, you guys have only been open. How long? I've been doing this for three years. Right. The store opened up earlier in the year. And I think that in the process of your growth, it's like, how can you implement things like that? How can you double down on things like that into like, you know, a big part and a big issue with food sustainability, right, is honoring the entire animal, right? For example, why do I have such an issue with a filet mignon? Because a filet mignon is one of the smallest cuts on the cow. And it's one of the most flavorless right it is the softest i think most tender and that's what just what people gravitate towards but we have never served a filet mignon ever on the area menu but we haven't because of that fact it's not something that i see as a cut that really honors the entire animal you know what i'm saying it it just you know a lot of people will grade steak by its tenderness sometimes you know like i will always ask a steak lover What's your favorite steak restaurant? Just to see where... And then I'll ask them, what did you order? What's your favorite steak? And no offense, if you say a filet, then to me... Yeah, no. We're not... We're not... Like... Yeah, it's a different... You thing. can't... I cannot... I can't rate a place by a filet because you know what? A choice, a prime, a Wagyu filet, they'll all be tender. Will there be different flavor profiles between because of marble and the way that the product was raised, you know, the cow was raised and all... Yeah, man. But they're all going to be tender. That's why to me, I'm... I'm you. You ask me that question, I'm going ribeye, or I'll go to New York, or T-Bone, or Porterhouse, or, but I wouldn't go filet. So I agree with the filet 
it's not something that's attractive to me. But many people do love it. And I'm not going to, you know, we sell a ton of fillets. People love the tenderness. They love that, that they, they seek that. I think it's just knowledge, though. I think it really comes down to it. Like, if you give someone that says that they love filet, but they've only had filet, and then you put a ribeye next to them, that they're going to change their mind. I love that fat. But Wagyu, to me, the, the the flavor comes from the fat. Yeah. You know, and, I, and, 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 and like the ribeye you just had here, I could I could sit down and have a 16-ounce ribeye right there, marble score 8-9, and it just melts. It's not the typical saturated fat that you got to take out of your mouth because it's like something that you can't bite through. No, this stuff just melts. Yeah, yeah. And it's just tender, and you're like... If there's a piece of fat on that cutting board, you'll eat it. Unlike something else where you're like, ah, and you're like throwing it in the bushes. Yeah, Because you're just like, because <laughs> you're like, did anyone see me throw it away? Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, it, it's and, more like sinewy right. and just not as delicious. So, but um, to go back to that, I have a lot of respect for the artists that every day are cutting. And we do that in a USDA facility that gets done and cut and processed, you know, into everything that we're doing. Um, and we have a lot of respect for the animal. We do. So we're just a little this different concept, you know, and, and I, right now it's working for us. It's growing. We've, you know, we're, we're meeting a ton of new people every single day and people, I would say the majority of our customers keep coming back and it's not only for the quality, we're family run. So well, yeah, you- I mean, if people, there's tons of people that go back to shitty restaurants because of and i'm not saying that's a shitty place it's just like <laughs> mike you, you have to you have to you have to learn that customer service is number one yeah right like how many restaurants have we been to our entire lives that like now that we're older and smarter we're like man the food here is shit <laughs> no right but we come back because they know your name they know your grandfather's name they know your dad's name they know all the stuff all that stuff is so important. It carries so, weight. It carries weight. Well, as as you grow, the most important thing that you can do is just remember everyone's name, remember the cut of meat that they like, yeah. remember like people's birthdays and shit like that, because that's the real culture of no. a butcher shop. So when you come to Josh's Premium Meats, it's family run, and I know you know I would love to have you over. You'll when you walk in, you'll be greeted by my mom, my uncle, myself, my best friend Roman. Then I have my three cousins. Step on the dog. <laughs> I've got my three cousins in the back. It's a family-run yes, business. God bless you, man. So if I employed one run, family member, no, it's but a lot. But you know what? It it's works. It works because they treat this business as if it was their own. They care as much as I do. They put in 110%, and that's what matters to me. Yeah, of course, family, you fight hard, but you love hard. And and they are, they're on this journey with me, and they're not just bodies. They're people that are here to fight all the way through. When we you know deal with anything... They're up to bat with me, and, and they care about every single customer that walks in. And that's hard to find, and that's why I've enjoyed so far, you know, these early early steps in this, you know, the store being open. It's been awesome. How long has it been open? We opened in the end of February. Oh, man. Just in time. We opened up in the end of February, and it was really because I started the business in my garage. I had another medical device job, and um, I... This was, you know, this was something, a passion that I wanted to grow. And I started with just like I told you, four friends and four turned into 16, 16 turned to 50. And then all of a sudden, 100 friends. And then and I, at this point, I was selling to people that weren't friends. They were just friends of friends. And I was like, man, like it's getting out of control. People were showing up in my house like if I sell drugs, like, hey, you got yeah, it's <laughs> like a drug but yeah, just yeah, meat form. Yeah. And people are like, hey, Josh, you know, do you have this and that? And I was like, yeah, yeah, come by. I got you. And I 
didn't take a vacation for easily two and a half years because every single weekend I grinded. And in the beginning, you know, it was, you're kind of just going through the motions. You're not even thinking twice. You're like, okay, okay. And you're doing it for the love of the passion of the, of the steak chat and all that stuff. And then I started catching momentum and I loved every time someone would call me and be like, Josh, this is the best steak I've ever had in my life. And my dad just said like this, this was an incredible steak experience. Like, Thank you so much. Good. And when people tell you those things that come from the heart, from their soul, now how you just, it, um, it'll fire you up. It'll fire you up and motivate you to keep doing what you're doing and, and sourcing better products and continuing to, you know, push new things like Denver's and other things that people are like, what is that? And I'm like, brother, you got to try it. And I would give it out. I would just be like, try it. If you don't like it. That's a smart, that's a smart and, and, way of doing it. Because I believe in my product. I believe because there's nothing on my menu. I truly don't love. And I believe that about you, too. You have to love it to put it on your menu. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't put anything on my menu I don't love. Yeah. I mean, I think if something's boring, I take it off the menu. Yeah, because you're like, it's oh, I don't pretty, but, pretty but, quick. But your palate could be different than someone else's. But it's what you love. Yeah, but I mean, also, you know, like big steak people that are going to come to you, they're going to enjoy all the, like, new things. You know, yeah. they might like one more than the other or whatever, you know, but... I mean, they're going to be willing to try different shit. Yeah. You know, if they really like red meat and they really want to be adventurous or whatever, I think that you'll have an opportunity to introduce them to a bunch of different shit. And we cater to tons of people that cook differently at home. You have the smokers. You have the guys that have the grills, the right. big green eggs, the Traegers, the the Weber's. That green egg is intense, huh? No, it's it's great. I've it's only a, used it once. It's the, fucking... the Komodo um, Joe's. Then you have the gas grills that are traditional for everyone at home. Ugh. I know, but it, it, but you Rough, know what? I'm not going to throw any shade grills. on them because a lot of people just – it's very easy for them to go home. No, I, I got a gas grill in my house. Yeah. I know. It's then you rough. Got, now you got the, the flat tops, Ugh. which is growing now. The flat tops are the hey, – flat tops are the shit. Yeah, like, you know – Fucking – Love a They're good growing flat big top. times. Yeah. Fucking A. Best burgers on a flat top. A hundred. That's right. The Chug Burger. Flat yeah. top burger. Cook it in Fuck its own fat heard. smashed burgers. I love that shit. Fuck right? what you heard yeah. on the and fucking then, um, grill and burger. Then, and then you have people who love sous vide. We don't have any, you know, like uh, people that do sous vide and crust it at the end. You know, uh, reverse sears. But again, we, we cater to all people. The sous vide thing, it's cheating. Listen, I just sous vide oxtail for 20 hours. Yeah, but. This sounds, this sounds to me like a brand new hot take on this uh, podcast. I don't think we've gotten like, into Listen, this. I'm all – listen, okay. Here, the thing is about the circulator. Do you know the circulator was created for prisons? It was created for prisons to cook a mass amount of food without thinking about it. You just throw it in there in a bag and it just cooks. Now, the way that people use it is they, they – this is totally off subject. I'm sorry. Yeah. I need to rant on this. The totally, What happens now is they don't want to teach people how to really cook with pans and fire on grills and things. They say, put it in a fucking bag, throw some seasoning in there, and then cook it at 80 degrees Celsius for 19 hours. And then you just got to crisp it up and make sure it's warming. You're people, good. People swear by it, though. I know, and I don't give a fuck. No, and, and, and it's not real. Like you could swear by that. I can, I can almost fucking guarantee you. <laughs> you can this. grab, you can grab a steak, and sous vide the fuck out of that thing, and whatever. I'm gonna grab the same steak. I'm gonna season that thing. I'm gonna let it come to room temp. And I'm gonna cook it on my wood grill, and I'll smoke you all the time, hey, all the hey, days, hey, hey. every day. I'm with you. Doesn't matter. I'm with I'll you. I'll smoke it. But you know why? Because the way that the world was intended to cook was over wood fire. That is the way we we're intended to cook You're meat. Curious. Yeah, no, fu- yes, I am. But it just, it doesn't make any sense. Who wants to eat something that was in a bag 
It's like mushy. <laughs> yeah, the, the steak. And also, if you want to look at the texture, the texture of red meat, okay, that's been in a bag for eight hours and then chilled and then all this manipulated several fucking times and all this shit. And then the one to the texture of the steak, you can get the same steak. Grab two of these steaks, whichever one. You sous vide one. I'm just, I'm going to take a lot less. I'm going to take a nap while you're sous vide your shit. <laughs> I'm going to hang out. I'm going to wake up, turn on the fucking wood grill. I'm going to, and it's, uh, mine's going to be better. All right. I'm not going to argue because I'm a purist with you. But no, you I know, but plenty no, no, of chefs no, no. are going to argue, and I think that they're all a lot, full of a shit. Lot, a, Fuck them. No, I'll tell you, no, no, no. <laughs> sous vide is actually a method a lot of restaurants use, more than at-home cookers. I have a circulator, but I only use it for vegetables. So, all right. So, but I'll tell you what this. What does that the, mean? The way God intended. <laughs> wait, wait. wait. <laughs> when cavemen were cooking their carrots, wait, wait, they wait. were doing it in a circulator. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait. So, wait. So, do you know, do you know, hey, uh, Senor Nick, do you know how to properly cook a carrot for service? In a bag manipulated eight times. <laughs> No. While somebody's taking a no, nap no. and you're sous-veeing <laughs> your carrots. That's the proper way. You have a carrot. Hear me out. Listen, you God. you can all intently go fuck yourself. Hey, but you, you gave you a have a, You have a carrot. You have this carrot. Okay? Are you going to cook that carrot from raw to someone that needs to eat this carrot in 10 minutes? No. Right? So right. what do you usually do in a restaurant? You do a, a blanch and chill method. Mm-hmm. Right? Blanch it in boiling water, salted boiling water, and then you chill it in ice water, okay? In essence, that is the same thing that happens in the bag, right? Right. But the carrot is just cooked, and I'm just adding – I you don't, you're not asking for the carrot to be medium rare. You're not asking for the carrot to be rare. You're not asking for any of those things. Does all that make sense? Have I ever ordered carrots Do in front of you? Do the carrots have fat inside of them that you need – for it to be delicious. You do not. They do not. I'm just, I'm trying to, un- so you understand why the carrot can go into a bag and be circulated. You sound like a man who's never had a medium rare carrot. <sighs> All right. The production of this All fucking right. thing sucks. <laughs> I just want to throw hey. that out there. Hey. All right. I've Chug. Yes. I will say. Badly, but you've done it. I will say that when it comes to poultry, I've had some unbelievable sous vide oh. chicken dishes. He's out. You know, I'm just saying, you know why? Because me, I, I and you know what? Maybe it's my inexperience as a chef no, at home because I, I don't have a culinary background like you do. You, but go on. But when I cook chicken on the grill uh-huh. or when I cook chicken, I struggle with it coming out dry. Yes. 100%. And, you know and, why? And I, I have a hard time locking in the moisture can, of it being dry. I it, can nail it for you. I can tell you. It's because you're using not good enough chicken. Well, no, no, no. I use... Unbelievable chicken, I'll but I'm just saying that. when I cook it on a grill, yeah, and I and I've tried it sous vide, right. I could this. lock in the moisture, yeah, the moisture and it's juicy the chicken and all this stuff. Chicken is one of the know, hardest things guys, to cook. Chicken is is really you're angry. I, it's one of the is, hardest. Chicken is one of the hardest things to cook. Right? I won't. I'm fact, with you on you steaks, can, but when it comes judge, to poultry, you you can judge a restaurant on their chicken. First of all, if the restaurant is putting chicken on a Caesar salad, not a good chicken. Point. But. When you sous vide poultry, even more so than this, to me, it's even more, I, I find it even more offensive. I get even more offended when you stick it. Because, okay, for example, we had a half grilled chicken on this menu for three and a half years. Now we have a grilled chicken with all kinds of stuff, but it's still grilled. 
cooking a half grilled chicken could be tough. The way that I cook chicken is 95% skin side down, right? All right. And then the last like 60 seconds, you turn over, you finish the bottom. Okay. Right. I stand very firmly by green circle chicken. 100%. I have never had a chicken that's better in my life. I'm going to bring you a chicken. I we could we can do this, this is Rockies. Side, Rockies. We can do this spatch- side by side. And I'm a huge spatchcock chicken guy. We we can do this side by side. We Which can do whatever if, we want here. If you don't know what spatchcock chicken is, you need to know what that is. Because it's the, one of the cleanest, easiest ways of cooking chicken where they take the entire rib cage out and you are just left with all the white meat and the wings. And it is unbelievable. I look I I make it in the oven, it comes out juicy. I was talking about yeah, more oven is good. Yeah, oven's good. It comes out juicy. But when I, I think was, when you oven any kind of poultry, you need to brine it first. Yeah, yeah definitely. That that's it's why, soap. like, that's why turkey sucks, ninety-seven point five percent of the time because people don't brine it long enough. You need to brine it. But are you saying dry. twenty-four hours, forty-eight? What are you doing? No, it depends on the size of the turkey. Okay, like it all depends, and then it depends how long you cook. Obviously, everyone Thanksgiving hammers the fuck out of turkey. It's like <laughs> ungodly. This thing's like, and I honestly feel like there really isn't a better turkey than a fried turkey. I think fried oh. turkey is incredible. I'm gonna, I don't, I'm gonna make you a turkey. Does anything? You're gonna make me a turkey. I'm gonna make you a turkey. But there's, oh hey, man, but, I can't wait for this. You're gonna make me a turkey. Yeah. Oh, but you this, know what? It, I agree with good. you. What looks better than a fried turkey? That that beautiful, I nice mean, golden brown. Like, just sits in the middle of the table. Have you ever YouTubed fried turkey gone bad? Oh, it's hilarious. No, no, the bloopers are hilarious. It's bad. And it's really... (laughs) And dangerous. It's super dangerous. It's rough to watch. But, God, fried turkey, to me, it it changed my life forever. Bonsai! Oh, my God. With the bonsai. That's so good. That's one of the recommendations we'll have at the end here. All right. Nick's got an Instagram page that he's just sending to me profusely. So... We've had disagreements about uh, putting things in bags and circulating them, which is totally but, fine. You know, you know what? I'll talk about something. So a lot of people have asked me, Josh, I really would love to see you doing cooking segments Oof. with your page because God you know, bless you if you, you can. No, 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 but you showcase all these delicious meats. But I think that providing cooking re- recommendations, and you know what? I'll be honest. The hesitation is because there's so many ways that you can cook something and have great outcomes. Now, when I showcase meats and I slice them ready for you to consume at home. You're the chef, but for me to dictate how I, you know, I could show you how I do it, but you, I'm not scared of getting ripped apart, but I know what comes when you start to give recommendations and people are very, not, they're very passionate about the way they do it. Well, I would tell you this, and this is just my recommendation to you. You're all about selling your quality of product right and when you sell a quality product the best way to sell a quality product is to do as little as possible to it right correct so if someone would say hey we would love for you to do a cooking segment your cooking segment could be fucking three minutes long mm-hmm. and it's like at josh's we have this beautiful churraco right and all i do is let it come up to room temp you need to allow yourself 10 to 15 minutes you season it with kosher salt i buy the kosher salt here and then I like to I enjoy my steak at medium rare. You know, if you're using this grill or that grill or this grill, you know, you should cook it this way or the next. But I think you're pushing a product. You're not pushing, you know, knowing all the ways, right? Yeah. Which is good. I think you should push a product because it's gonna enhance the opportunity for someone to buy that product. Like, you know, you sell that steak, that A five Japanese A five Wagyu, yeah. Right, you sell that. 
you know, to some, I don't know, Juan from Kendall that doesn't know what that is, but he wants to show off. And he's like, no, I'm going to cook this thing for 10 minutes. Yeah, you know, but if you could sell it with a thing that says go to YouTube yeah. and this thing and you put in this thing and, and then they'll show you it's two minutes at Dulodro and, and, and then whatever. Usually do walk and then you pair it with a wine yeah. and you sell it with this wine and whatever. And, you know, like it's all kinds no, of no, things. No, 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 we definitely People would eat it. that shit up. Oh, no, they love it. I just want You heard it here first, Pankum Podcast. Josh is going to crush the demo game. We're, we're definitely going to get into that and, um, and try to elevate our game and, and push better content. To give people confidence, because we do see a lot of people that will come and check out the steaks, but they're intimidated. They're like, I really don't want to spend all that money and sure. mess it up at home. So I want to show them, hey, there's many ways to do something, but I'm going to give you the confidence in the way that I know best. I mean, the, the other way to do it is is to just provide, like, simple uh, guidelines. Yeah. You know, like, uh, one of those things that I saw a lot when we were pivoting for a million years during quarantine was... We're providing like meal kits, but we had to provide them a way to cook them. Right. You know, which for me was very challenging because I usually deal with, you know, five or six cooks that at least have a good semblance of an understanding of cooking. You're an angel. Yes. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's a challenge, but you really have to break it down to like its most rudimentary fact. Yeah. You cook this, you always let it come, let it come to room temp. You season it with this kind of salt. I recommend this kind of salt because of X, Y, and Z. You just got to make it very simple. Yeah. You know, like, and I think selling like sauces like those would, I don't know, I don't know if you do, but they would crush it. No, sauces. Like just a couple of Oh, like chimichurri, like a whole, like, so we we are looking like items like chimichurri and stuff like that. But again, the cooking experience is just a way for us to, I want to not only provide anyone that shops with us you know, great quality, but I want to be an asset to them. Someone that they can come to me like, Josh, I've never made tri-tip. I see it in your, I see it in the, in the case all the time. I'm dying to do it, but how can I do this? Because like, I'm nervous or like, I've yeah, never sure. done it. They're so always going to be nervous. Right. It, it, Cause you're, it's something new. You're, you're, you're out of your comfort zone. You're out of the ribeye, New York strip filet, you know, churrasco. Now you're, you're dabbling into other cuts that are unbelievable for those that take the like, take on the no, challenge as soon as, as soon as the person that's been eating churraco their entire life as soon as they leave that realm it's a different ball game no it's and, and it'll, they'll be cha- if they really enjoy red meat they'll be changed forever yeah i mean there's so many parts of the cow that i mean like for instance we spoke about earlier beef cheeks unbelievable and yeah. oxtail is very ha- big here in miami i'm a big leave miami oxtail is not what it i know i trust me i know, know it's not what it, it it's he, but um something that you you may not i love the tongue i love beef tongue oh my god we did uh we had a uh, beef tongue tartine on the menu for a long time mexican style yeah. did you do it like the boil no, it no, no. And then we peel it? ours was pastrami style so okay. we grind it Cured for it. seven days uh it was a little different process because it was a tongue so we brined it for seven days then we boiled it peeled it and then we smoked it uh we served it it's a beautiful dish i took it off only because of uh that was it was on pre-quarantine I took it off post. Right now, we're, we have beef heart on the menu. That is our only, well, other than the short rib, is our only beef product. Okay. Is the beef heart. So I'm a big fan of beef heart. I'm a big fan. I think it's underutilized. I think it's uh, delicious. The tongue also. I'm an awful guy. I love awful cuts. Like yeah. everything. Use that's the whole cow. 100%. You know, like beef neck. Like it, you ever like. Uh, oh, my God. The bone. Yeah. The, the, the bone. I, I love bone marrow, which, by the way, one of your dishes had bone marrow. The uh, oysters. Yeah. Uncle, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. 
That stuff. It's cheating. It's cheating. It's not fair. Like you're giving that butter. It's like beef. It's beef butter. That's what that it is. is. That is what I tell people. It's like beef butter. So it's just it's a different. Um, and and that's what look right now people are cooking at home more than ever. I know that people miss their favorite spots. I know that life has changed, but all as I wanted to do is provide them with the experiences that they once loved at other restaurants. Right, right. But also, oh, you're doing a good job. This at home. This, but I think it would. It, I, I'm telling you, like the demo thing. Yeah, I, if I, you if you showed if you really showed people how simple it was to execute, just and don't get overcomplicated. No. I, I don't think red meat needs to be overcomplicated. Don't get overcomplicated. Do the things, all the things, season properly. High heat. High heat is key. Yeah. High heat is fucking pivotal. And that's it. Yeah. You know, like, don't overthink it. And I think that's an important thing that you should talk about. Yeah. I Like, I tell that shit all the time. Like, we currently have no steaks on the menu. We, we're not a steak place. You know, like, the short rib has always taken the place of, like, a red meat. Right. You Which know, short rib's unbelievable. It's been our signature dish since the day we opened. Unbelievable. And, like, I, uh, I, I, I said it. I'm not, like, a huge red meat eater. But it's not about what I want to eat. It's about what people want to eat. I'm also not a big short rib person. So I wanted to serve a short rib that I could be very proud of. And that's kind of like where the short rib came yeah. from. You know? So anyways, now that we've talked about all the things and all the meats and the demos, what's next? You've been open for not even six months. We've been open, yes, yeah, since February. What's next? Um, the store is growing. We've now, we're going to open a new location because oh. the one we're at now was our is was our emergency open right and at the time i was still very small but we've grown since a lot of people have come to support us a lot of people are consuming at home so we have had a strong demand for people that are outside of miami that reach out and say josh i don't have a butcher shop that's like you or serves the items that you have for offering i would love to be shipped some meat so we started shipping because if they send us a direct message on Instagram, we take their order, send it out. But we now want to have a website. And with a website comes fulfillment and, and, and changing how we operate as a business to go e-commerce as well as, not, you know, keeping our customers here in our backyard, number one sure. priority. So we're opening a new location that gives us a space to grow and yep. to con- continue to do that and connect with people outside of Miami because there's a ton of steak lovers Outside of Miami as much as there is inside Miami. For sure. Um, I mean, I think if you're pro- uh, providing a quality product at a great price, I mean, anywhere in the country, people will buy your stuff. Yeah. So you know? so the next move is e-commerce, growing outside of that, another store, right? It, it's just closing this store and just operating in a bigger store where we have more room. opportunity. And room legs. and, and le- exactly. Air Spread is, your legs. Yes. So, and, and we want to open up the menu. Like right now, we just sell proteins. As far as Wagyu beef, we saw domestic lamb. We saw some poultry and duck. Oh, that's an interesting topic. You like domestic lamb? I love domestic lamb. Mm. See, I'll tell you this. this I'm, can more I of talk- a, I'm more of a, a, a not domestic lamb guy. So I was exposed to a farm that the, the, the lamb is born in Colorado. What's the name of the farm? I'll share it later. Okay. It's taken to California as a baby. And grown in green pastures all year round. And the reason that this lamb tastes so much better is because it doesn't have to deal with the severe winters of Colorado. 
and it's pasture raised. And the fat cap. It's an eight. It's an eight bone, lamb rack, French. That's how I serve it. Unbelievable product, not gamey at all. Very large. It's not like the New Zealand or the Australian that See, I but think. That's that's why I don't I don't prefer domestic because I like gamey meat. And and you know what? That, you're, that's okay. There's yeah. No, I mean that's but that's my difference than a lot of people because they don't like it, gamey it, meat. But, and I love but it. But some some will say like I love lamb, but I'm not like New Zealand lamb. Like though like I like oh, Australian. I love New Zealand lamb. Right. Oh, New Zealand is as. New Zealand is as gamey as his lamb gets. Oh, no, I love it. It's, it's like, like you know grass. you're like you know. It's like you stick your face in grass and you're just fucking eating grass. But, but so then again, good. the domestic one, you're like, oh my! <sighs> it's, instead of having three or four, two or three will fill you up. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's so meaty. Yeah, it's also like the domestic lamb is much bigger. Uh, it's got like the the color texture is different. The texture of the meat is different. I feel like I I don't know. I've always enjoyed a gamier meat. That's my only. My only thing with well, domestic stuff. Talking about stuff. game. So, for the new store, my goal is not to stop here. Because if I stop here, it's over. I need to continue growing and bringing you exciting things like I've when I started. Like what? So, I want to bring... I want to open up the game meats. Oh, yeah. I want to bring in meats. the elk, the venison, the bison. Shit, I'll bring in camel. If I, You know, I'll bring in anything to continue okay, expanding gonna, your mind. You're going to have the vegetarians picketing. No, it, look, we respect the vegetarians, but again, I want to continue. I want to continue this path that we're on and and exciting the customers. Antelope. Get yourself some antelope. Yeah, antelope. Hey, we'll yeah, do it. There's um, a, a place in Texas called Broken Arrow Ranch. Okay, that their antelope is incredible. Yeah. It's a little too pricey for me, but it's fucking really, really no, good. But stuff. people see it, they're like, "I've never had that." You know what? Let me give it a try. Well, you know, it's, it's wild boar. Honestly, it's yeah, wild boar is a good one. Um, we've had venison on the menu since day one. You know, so stay one. What part of the backstrops or no? It's Denver Lake. Okay, Denver Lake. So, like okay. I was explaining to you earlier, Denver Lake, because a big part of our motto is, um, you know, higher end dining, but at not a higher end price. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want people to spend two hundred dollars a person. Um, so I love that. If you, were, if you were to get like, like a venison loin, it would be fifty five bucks easy. Oh you know, yeah. Like that's just it's just part of. It's expensive for us to get. So the Denver leg is more affordable for us, so we can make it more affordable for the consumer. The Denver leg is a part of the leg. It's three different muscles. So it's difficult to cook as long as you know what you're doing. If you request that over medium rare, it's going to taste like nothing. Yeah. And I tell people that all the time. Like, we won't cook it past medium rare. If they're really adamant about it, we tell them ahead of time, you're not going to enjoy this. I love this. I love that you say that. Yeah, I mean, you're just you're not going to enjoy it. It's not going to be as enjoyable. Just letting you know. That's why you're paying 28 bucks for a venison dish as opposed to paying oh, wait, 55 bucks. And that's why you're going out to dinner because this is not something someone's making at home. Right, yeah. And that's what sets you apart from a place that is non-memorable and people... Yeah, just I mean, but that's kind of what we're talking about. That's like what's, that middle, that's, that middle right, and that's, dining. But that's what separates you. Like, for instance, last night, my girlfriend's like, I want sushi. That is not Your something. Fiance. My fiance. Sorry. Oh, it's so new. It's been like, I know. Getting get used, used to, to it. it. I love it. My fiance. Sushi is not something that we do naturally here in Miami. Like, I could just replicate. You know? Yeah. Could I do picadillo? Could I do pan comite? Could all I do... All day. All day. I could do all these good culture Cuban foods to replicate. But I can't. Like, I'm not going to do sushi. It's not something I'm going to do. You know what I mean? It's not. It's and, and it goes into other things. Like, when I want, like, curry or I want, or, like, I know there's many people that cook at home and they do it. But it's, 
those are things that I just Indian food. I'm not cooking that at home either. Yeah. Well, you know, I I like. I always feel most. I love ghee, by the way. Ghee is one of my favorite places. I mean, Chef Nevid is. Yeah. Is a legend. I love. Yes. Like I'm a huge ghee fan. Yeah. I mean, he changed. He's definitely changed the game here in Miami. Yeah. I think my favorite thing about the and Bombay game, is down the corner. We'll show him some love. No, I mean Bombay is yeah, one of Bombay. the OGs. It's one of the OGs. Like I, I still eat at yeah. Bombay. Yeah. I mean, we'll I live love in the Grove, so like I'm saying, one and two, they're they're both banging spots. Just different. You yeah, Neven's ideology is different. Like he pulls all from his farm and so on and so forth. So it's just different. But um, what was I saying? We're talking about Indian food. Oh, or how like, you change the game? You said he well, changed. no. Just I feel most comfortable in my realm, right? Like I'm never gonna. You're not gonna hear like Mike Beltran is opening up a sushi restaurant because that's not like my game, you know? Because it's not what we grew up. But there's plenty of people in Miami doing sushi well. B side. Ando and Val are doing amazing work, you know, and there's a couple other too. Wabi Sabi, I think, does really amazing no, work as well. Not. How about the chefs that have left restaurants that have gone into the home dining? Yeah. That's another wave. Home dining is a thing for me. It's, it's a little, it's it's I'm a little, I feel a little, I don't know if I want to touch on the subject okay, today wait, wait, about wait. home dining because, you know, like they're not following any of the rules and they're not paying rents like us business owners are, but I get it and I understand it. Let me ask you this question, Chuck. In New York, wasn't this something that was a little bit more popular than it was in Miami where they would have chefs come over and whatnot? Or, or, Chicago, what, uh, the guy who ordered... Uh, Before COVID, I'm saying this, this... Yeah, no, there was a guy in Chicago that uh, opened 42 Grams that did the thing and he was cooking like Michelin star meals in his house and whatever and it's big in other countries too. I think my, my biggest thing is that there's certain chefs that are – they take the in-home dining and they're doing it like super well, right? And they have all the potential in the world to open up a restaurant and they probably will after this because there's going to be tons of opportunity. But then there's the other ones that are saturating the market. 100%. And, and they're saturating the market and they don't have – they're not like – they're. T- I, I think they're taking dollars out of people that are very good at it. So I think it's like the same thing as the restaurants. There's 50-50, right? There's 50% of people that are doing it amazing. Like, for instance, like Pablo Sitzman that's doing the dumpling thing at his house. And he just fucking posted a picture of like miso white chocolate cookies. Like, that's amazing. And like his food is amazing. And it was amazing before. It's going to be amazing now. Yeah. I I just had an unbelievable Amir. Amir who left Makoto. Oh, Um, I don't know him. Amazing. Amazing. This guy's mind-blowing experience that I just had. And I was like, wow, this guy's an artist. But to take you into my world, guess what? My world, as far as proteins, is becoming saturated. You have guys that are doing it on a high level, and then there's guys that are cutting corners that oh, are not cutting. Sure. They're not cutting in a USDA inspected facility wearing PPE on clean surfaces. No, these guys are cutting corners. They're cutting on their home kitchen counters. Oh. They're vacuuming ceiling. There's they're vacuum ceiling. They're cutting corners, and this is the person that you're trusting for your proteins for you and your family. Yeah, and no, you're gonna, I mean, and you're buying pro- from them. It's a problem. Oh, it's a problem. It's a problem. I have the same as uh, so and so, and it's eight dollars cheaper. Look, it's not the same uh, because yeah. you know what the it's steps that we take to make sure that we're we're serving you a safe product and quality compared to someone that's coming into the market just for money and to undercut the market, like you're saying, and saturate the market, take away dollars from the people doing it right. Right. I I deal with the same struggles in a God different way. It. Amen. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> bless that. Bless that statement. Bless up, Hippo. Bless up, Hippo. Shout out so, to Falco. <laughs> yeah. 
So I deal with a similar. Well, I I think it really just it's all the it's this this year as a whole. It's just fucked. Like it's just all fucked. Everything, like the whole home dining thing, like opening up a new business, the new business model, the pivoting sixty five different ways. It's all fucked, man. And it's like we're we're living in a time that we don't know what it's going to be like next year. Like everyone's like, oh, next year's gonna. We don't know what the fuck's gonna happen next year. We don't know. Like my hope is that your business does great, that my business does great. But fuck, man. Like we we have no fucking clue. Like it's just it's um it's a very weird time. With, with that's our, why you have people that are cutting fucking steaks on their house counter, yeah, full loins, and in the at, at, they're just cutting at home, and then they're they're packaging this, and you're like, are they putting it on the gram? Is that how you know? <laughs> Everyone just, puts every. If not, it didn't happen. It you didn't happen put it on the gram. But um. But you know what? This year has been crazy. Um, but because of that, we've we've had the opportunity to meet a lot of people, and we hope that even when the restaurants go back to normal, you are famous now. I don't want famous. I, you're fam- Like it's crazy. Yeah, um, you're famous. Just say it. No, no, no. No, you're famous. Say, I won't fall into. No, that. you're famous. No, 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 so you no, have, no you, Your name's on a shirt. You're no, so <laughs> yeah, your name is on a fucking shirt. No, that's a. Hey, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Look, hey, hey, there there's is. something there, I, we take pride in something like owning your backyard and supporting the people that support you and i wanted to basically i wanted because of columbus and a ton of other people that there support us Adelante. we've been able to get this name out and consistency and in people instagram and i know that you were making fun of instagram but instagram oh, make fun it, of it. no no but instagram helped awareness it sucks because if you don't know who we are then we don't have a chance i got it listen my I'm I'm all for it, man. You are like a walking brochure. God bless. It's like you have, you have really just like it's from top to bottom, and I I love that you are about no, your but, business, and I I like it. Listen, let me finish. I I I love that about this whole thing. I fu- I want to buy your meat now. Like I want to go buy. I want to go to Josh tomorrow. Let's buy some meat for Nick at his house so we can grill it on his gas grill. Can I can I share with you how? Can I share with you how that stigma you just said right now, like famous, got about? I want to share. Oh, with you're you. famous. No, I want to. Sh- you I'll have sh- like all kinds of. It's fame. Insta. It's famous. You're famous. Pull up some of the photos, Nick, producer. So for this vision, I'll hold them in very high <laughs> no, we've, hey, you no, know we what? can do this in post. Let's talk about hey, the hey, people. Chug, talk about so, the post. All right, but you know what? We'll, we'll bring up some things. Bad Bunny, Nicky Jam, tons Ooh, of reggaeton artists. Wait. Hey, hey, all these who guys. Who are those people? Nicky They're Jam. all. I don't know who those people are. Tell me people I know. Okay. No, you know uh, George Masvidal. Game I know. Red. I know. Yeah, I know. Game that guy. I know that guy. He's going to be on the podcast soon. Nick? Yeah. Yeah. By which we mean he has not agreed to do anything. He has liked Instagram DMs I've sent him about being hey, on the podcast. You know what? George, George, hey, 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 you never know. Success! <laughs> I, I told him Sliding we wanted to give him croquetas and he liked it. Yeah. Hey, Sliding no joke. Hey, he DMs. loves croquetas. You, you slid into his DMs? Oh, I've been in his DMs for like a year. It's crazy the ruse that you have me on. You're like, we're getting close. We're getting no, no, close no. to get him on the podcast, no, and all he's done is liked no, our no, fucking more. DMs. I've had a correspondence with his manager, Abe Kawa. Uh, it just, you know, the thing is, so, okay, we can, we don't have to get into the whole. Yeah. Nah, right, get into all the things. things. So there's a, there's a ton of different people that we collaborated with, and guess what? Do you know how I got those people? The majority were all good friends of mine that said, Josh, I know this person. Let me help you. And they opened up those doors. It wasn't me DMing them. Every time I've DM, you see how that works, Nick. Anyway, go on. Every time I've DM someone that I'm like, oh my god, I would love to work with this person. Never 
works. Charles. Yeah. It never works. They either like they blow me off or yeah, like they read suck. it, they don't respond, and I'm just left disappointed. Every time that there's a mutual friend that says, Hey, I want you to check out this guy's meat company, it's amazing, and they vouch for me, that person's like, Yeah, sure, send them over or send me a box, and it always works. Yeah, but you know, you have to have good shit too. You what gotta you have do? good quality, but you gotta have the network. And by connecting both, Georgia. Hey. <laughs> Yes, yes, chef. <laughs> so um, that's how we've been able to collaborate with a lot of people, and we, especially Miami people that we can we can get to, just show showing them, hey, we, we want to show you a product. Yeah. So basically, what we've surmised here is that Josh is famous. <laughs> he's quite, quite he's famous. quite famous, has all the fame, and that Nick is doing this all wrong by DMing people to try to get them on our that's show. That's not the only thing that's happened. It's, it's among <laughs> the things that have happened. <laughs> It's a very holistic strategy here. Tomorrow we're going to post a Craigslist ad for another producer, an <laughs> assistant producer for the show of Pongum Podcast, and your salary will be zero. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Nick. I love you, Nick. I'm going to help you. Whatever I can do to help you, I'm going to help you, Nick. Get, get us, George. It's only, get, hey. it's only Belen guy I get like. You never know. George is actually one I of the... I forget you went to Belen, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Look, I don't you know believe what? that you went to Belen. I feel like it's a fake. I it's a ruse. Pub- I will publicly say this. Out of every single person that we've collaborated with, that is oh, quote, Mike loves famous. George Masvidal has been the best one I've ever worked with. I believe it. He is the most genuine, and he won't do it unless he believes in it. Anybody Which, who can be lured like, by Kroketas? No, no, no. You can't buy kind of him. People. You can't change it. He is who he is, day in, yeah, yeah, day out. Yeah. If, he, if he says, I fuck with you, if he fucks with you, it's because he loves you, and he loves your product. I like it. That's right. And, all about it. And I support him. So Win all the titles, man. Yeah. Eat croquetas, win all the titles, talk all the <laughs> shit you want, bro. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, all right. Okay. And another thing. Okay. One more thing. I, when I named this company, I could have named them many things. I chose to use my name. And when you put your name on something, especially on a shirt that I'm wearing today, it's across my chest. That's what famous people Brothers, do. You got to wake up every single day. It is, your, it is your reputation. It is your legacy on the line. It's my name. And I care about what I put out and how it's perceived. To an extent, because I want to only produce the best. I don't want to be known for mediocre or part of that that sector that you say is non-memorable. I don't want to be there. Yeah, no, it's I good. don't want to I mean, live you're there. Becoming memorable. I you don't are want... famous, so you're becoming memorable. <laughs> That's why Mike is wearing a shirt that says "Bad Boy." Never... Yeah, Biggie no. Smalls, Bad Boy no, for Life. We got a ton of work left to do. I'm excited. The work will never be done. It's In never the food industry. The work is never done. No, someone is always coming for your fucking money. 100. percent Don't sleep. Oh, I know, what, I know. What's that quote by Mark Cuban? Like, there is someone that... You're not making money in No, no. There's someone that's working every single day to take you out. Yeah. Mark Cuban said that? It's, it, I think he said that. I think uh, he said that. We'll or, who it. knows? He's Cuban, no? He's Cuban. No, but... He, he's a Cuban. Oh, no, he says... No, no, no. He said, work. you must work hard 24 hours a day. Like, if someone was coming to take it all away. Yeah, it's good. I like that. Yeah, and it's the truth. That's why I wake you up get before every motherfucker in the city. Yeah, you get complacent. You get how they say fat. You, you know, make you, sure you get, everybody knows it too, dude. Damn you're, right. you're done. You're done. You're caught snoozing. You're done. <laughs> For the gram. For the you got. If it didn't happen, it That's didn't right. happen. It didn't happen. If you didn't put it on the gram, you slept until 10 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think you sleep till noon every day. Nah, Nick proved today that he's a good friend. No, nah, but Nick, Nick, <laughs> Nick's a night owl. Nick's, I'm, Nick's I'm up to move. like three in the morning for sure. Okay, we're gonna do the wrap up thing. I'm gonna move to one of these microphones because I got my little fuzzy troll doll uh, hair. In fact, you're a troll doll. What do you? Yeah. Why are you is getting all close to me? Wait, is there anything else? Borrow, you want? 
borrowed. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Me? Yeah, no, there's plenty of things I want to talk about. Nick's getting all close to me, though. Yeah, I don't that. Probably doing a better job than you, that's for sure. Well, uh, 100%. So, uh, do, do we want to move on to the to the wrap-up thing? Do we want to? Do you like this? Thanks so much. Is this your favorite part of the podcast so far? This video over here is going to be awesome. The worst. I don't like people. You're so no? close to me, right? Well, now. you know, I was smelling your. Oh, no, no, no. we're not getting into that. Come on. Come on. I just said you proved your. This guy stopped by my house today and taking shit on his phone. I just. <laughs> Come on, man. We're not putting that on a podcast for fuck's sake. Jeez. Can you tell me about the line? The per- wait, wait. wait. It, 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 is the hair strategically on the mane? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Do you strategically let the hair grow? No, with bro, the you, hair? Hey, you can't. I'm all, nat- I'm all natural. All right? Hey, notice the face has no hair, but the mane has natural hair. Wherever you can reach. I got short arms. T-Rex. Short arms. Listen. I love it. Um, we're going to wrap this motherfucker up. Before we wrap this up and we talk about recommendations, I want to give a, a shout-out and talk a little bit about what happened at Ariette on Monday. Um, and we will be releasing a small, short video documentary thing that we did about it and uh, some more photos and stuff. But basically, throughout the quarantine, myself and my staff – Chef Manny, who just walked by, which is the wonderful person who leads this kitchen. Manny, great job. Great job. There he is. Good job, Manny. Nice work. Nice work. Um, We wanted to add a tasting menu to the the Ariette menu. We wanted to continue to elevate the experience of what it was to dine here. And then, like, a month, and we were going to do it two months after reopening. So we're working on it for a total of five months. And... Uh, I think around week four or five, the world really slowed down a lot. Like, I mean, uh, to a scare, like I was worried level. So we decided to stop and wait. But one day we were just chatting in my office on a Sunday and we said, you know what, let's just do it once. Let's just do it one night. Some people may show up. We don't know. So I just did talking about the gram. How you're the the fame all the fame on the gram and if it never happened if it wasn't on the gram right. I just said a thing tasting menu X day and we sold out in 36 hours. Wow. We sold out twice because I only released X amount of seats and I said fuck it let's add 10 more and then we added 10 more and we sold out again and that was an incredible feeling for me and for my staff and I think equally. Like the vibe within restaurants in total and not just mine, but I think in the industry is like whether people are going to show up every day. Are people going to come and eat food today? We don't know. And I think that's part of the stress and it's part of the anxiety and part of why no one is like in a very good place right now. And um, but we sold out this one night. So this team that I have that I mean. I'm super blessed to have them working alongside me and just like really believing in the product, believing in the concept, believing in the brand, believing in all those things that make uh, a restaurant. They were just all about it. And I, in, in the last nine days, we've felt more 
struggle than usual. We lost a few employees, uh, a couple just quit for whatever reason, and uh, other people just, you know, fell out, whatever. And um, we shockingly, and I'm very happy that we got, like, decently busy over the weekend. So some of the plans that we had just kind of went by the wayside, and we just had to work extra. So for three days straight, myself, Chef Manny, Chef Ashley, Chef Percy, all worked probably about to like 1, one thirty in the morning to just return back at 10 in the morning the next day for like three and a half straight days uh, to put together this tasting. It was 13 courses. We served 37 guests. And out of that little kitchen that Ariette has, that's 481 dishes that we put out of that kitchen. Chef Devin and Chef Katrina on the pastry side were responsible for four of those dishes. And to, I mean, collectively, they, they cranked them out. It was really, it was incredible to see. It was the most seamless service I've ever seen Ariette have on a kitchen side. From a service perspective, it was as good as anyone in the country, I think. Um, at least at the one-star to two-star level. Um, and from a food perspective, I think on that day we proved that we can contend with absolutely anyone in the country. And it's, um, I think it was therapeutic for so many of us to just be able to like cook. We knew how many people were coming. People were coming. They prepaid. We, we had no other thoughts other than the fact that we had to do these 13 dishes X amount of times and we had to do it and we were going to be very and, – and it was just like – I don't know. I feel very fortunate today. Win. Yeah, it, I mean it, it's – It's hard it's to a, get a win these days and that was a win. Yeah, yeah I mean I, like win is an interesting word. I, I just feel like it was fulfilling. It, you know, we felt as as a as a kitchen and as a restaurant, we felt alive. And part of this restaurant, so many things about it is that it pushes people to a place. Because I, you know, I'm 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 a demanding boss. I'm I'm tough to be around a lot of the time because my standards are high, uh, and I think that the goals are lofty. But I think it's good to have lofty goals because if you're not reaching higher than what are you really? What are you doing? So to see the food that we put out, um, saying I was proud is an understatement. I think the camaraderie of the whole staff and seeing them happy and seeing them smile. It goes far in today's world. So my recommendation is to make your reservation for the 24th of August. Because we're going to do it again, and we already have six on the books, and we only have another 30 seats open. So uh, I don't know when the producer will release this podcast. But this week. This week. Yeah. All right. That's It'll good. It'll be sold out, though, for sure. Um, but, you know, we will continue to push. And I think that the the city as a whole is pushing very hard to just make it and to just get through so to try to reach higher in a time that we're all fighting for survival is important in whatever business you're in. So I think that's my thing. I'm going to tack on to that, that, you know, I, I think some people, uh, oh, who knows, but 
it's possible that somebody would be listening to the podcast and might think, you know, that this is Mike blowing a little bit of smoke up his own ass. Uh, <laughs> but but no, no, because it, 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 I, I think it's easy for somebody who's never been to the restaurant, who's never met you, who, who didn't see any of what happened last night to hear that and think that it's something other than what it is. But having not even been here, I saw the feedback from so many of the people who experienced it for themselves. And it was unquestioned. It was just, it made you wish that you'd been there. So all that is to say that uh, it, it's, it's not an exaggeration, all the things that you said about what an experience that was. Uh, I saw other people's, you know, Instagram documentation of what took place. It was on and the gram. It, it was on the gram. So number one, it actually happened. Thank God. Uh, thank God, all that effort was for was not for nothing. Uh, and also, it looked like it was on par with the most memorable dining experiences that I've ever had. I didn't have a chance to do that, uh, but uh, you know, hopefully for for another one. Uh, but hopefully not, because if I don't get in, hopefully it's because other people beat me to the punch. Yeah. And um, so we're gonna move on to the wrap up. Oh, yeah, go ahead. And, and, you know, I just want to thank both you, Nick and Chug, for having me on. And um, I've had the pleasure of seeing Chug, you know, grow from one restaurant to another to another and continue growing. Um, for those that aren't here that just got to – I got to hear Chug say his story about Monday night. Your passion, the way you empower your team, the way you lead your team, that is what makes amazing restaurants. That is what brings people back because it's captivating. That emotion, that attachment, that leadership, no matter if COVID strikes, no matter if the world's ending, it's memorable and unique. And I think that you're always going to be a successful business owner, chef, and leader in your company. Because you don't ask for something that you don't think is real. Your expectations are obtainable, and you're showing them how to do it day in, day out. And I think that is unique and... uh I'm excited to see what you. I'm excited. To, I'm, I'm congratulating on what you have now, and I'm excited to see what's to come. I appreciate that. I also right. think Armageddon is a fun theme for one of your dinners. <laughs> the world right. is ending. <laughs> this is this right. is what I you're just want to thank her. you guys for allowing me to say my story. It's not you know. time for thank yous yet. We, right. we still we still got some stuff. So, All right. So this is the listen. This wrap up lasts wrap up. thirty minutes. Uh, you didn't help. Uh, Sorry. This is the uh, the portion of the show where we make our parting recommendations. So everybody recommends. It could be literally anything. It could be a movie, uh, jazzercise video, a book you well, we read. We started it like that. Uh, we he, a Bronx Tale. If you haven't uh, seen it, you yeah, gotta yeah. Hear, that's what Mike said this morning. You gotta. Hey, do you know why that's an important movie? You I mean, what, it, you know what comes it's from that movie? For a bunch of things. But, there, should, but there's the it's, it comes down to dating. It comes. You down remember to dating. Bronx Tale? Is this like, your recommendation? Is this what you're is, using? Isn't it Robert? Robert uh, what's what's the guy's? Um, no, what's the guy's the name? In the, or either way, he tells him when you take a girl out on a date, uh-huh. you open her door, you put her in right the car. If she doesn't reach over to open your door, she's no good. If she does, she's a keeper. That's the move. That's the move. That's, so that's we, your that's, recommendation. No, no, that was Mike. I'm not taking Mike. Mike. That was that was Chugs. So I'll, I'll kick off the recommendations because it already came up a little bit. Uh, I'm recommending an Instagram account called Crime Faces. Oh, <laughs> man, uh, that's good. Man, Crime Bonsai! Faces. Bonsai! Hydrangea! <laughs> uh, 
Crime Faces is great. If you haven't seen it, it is a uh, uh, New Yorican <laughs> narrating viral videos of street it's fights. Fucking, it's good. Man. And it's, it's good. oh man, I, it, I could it's spend hours re-watching <laughs> videos on Crime Faces. So that's my recommendation. Crime Faces on Instagram. I think they're also on YouTube. Uh, whichever one of the two of you wants to go, you're welcome to oh, man. jump in. I don't in. even know. I don't even know could literally I'm... be anything. All right. Li- anything but your own stuff because the last no, thing no. to do is the shameless plugs. No, I, that, no, I was in it. Um, recommendation. Could be a meal you ate. Could be a movie you watched. A book you read. A song you heard. Uh, you a place you hiked. Uh, what? I've in seen Miami. I've, for fuck's sake. People hike in Miami. Hey, we're big in Salina. We are. And Maine, and we're the number one podcast for Cuban American traveling nurses in Minnesota. <laughs> uh, by far. So niche. By far. So niche. We're all about niches. You just have to be everything to a small amount of people. That's right. That's what we're going. You know for. what? I'll, I'll share something unique Go that I've it. gotten into recently. Oh, I'm into it. I recently got into collecting vintage T-shirts. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Like I I'm talking like er, early '80s, '90s, and it could be movie tees, it could be music tees, it could be even like uh, mac and cheese, like snack tees. It could be whatever. I've gotten really into the vintage community, and these are guys that go into the bins. And, like, they search bins. They go to, like, all these, like, just old stores where you find this kind of stuff. I don't I, – I just – I find it to be cool. So, recommendations, vintage tees. It's it's hot right now. If it's not – if you haven't heard about it, it's coming. Is there a particular place you go to find them? Um, on, in, in, Instagram has a ton of different places. There's okay. just um, – on the yeah. weekends, there's this one guy that runs uh, – it's called the uh, Vintage Fleet. So, it's like a, a, an online auction. And the guy runs it for two days, sits in front of his computer, and brings guys on, on his live, and they just sell their shirts that they find, and it's incredible. You see shirts that are from the 80s, 90s, like Nirvana shirts, stuff that's like real, like tour shirts from like Woodstock, like early 80s. Like, I, nice. I buy my vintage t-shirts from Visual Thrifts. Uh, visual thrift. Visual thrift. So whoever Good your plug guy. is, but yeah, I'm, I've really gone into vintage tees. Right. So uh, Mike, Mike, what you got recommendation wise? So um, recommendation wise, the new Logic album. I recommend that you listen to it from top to bottom several times. Very good. Uh, the two new J Cole tracks. I also like. I believe that J Cole and Logic are breathing life into a very difficult rap game so i recommend that um what are they uh i can i can tell you right now hold on one second one's called the climb back which uh the climb back at the beginning has a quote that i quoted to my staff because i thought it was incredible and the other one's called lion king on ice did you also put it on uh on the i rim? did yep that means it really happened. That's right. Happened. Good really thing for your staff. Otherwise, it would have been a waste of time. They forgot before I was even done. So, um, I'm glad that... No, but, you know, the, the quote was good. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and the way that I told them, you have to... Maybe you can post the quote because I don't want to butcher out. it right now because um, I'm not going to remember. But, basically, that dinner we did on Monday was not about fame or fortune, or whatever it was. It was about growth. Right. And that quote to me really is talking about facilitating growth. And are you happy with yourself 
facilitating growth. Like the, to the people around you, to your team, to your family. Like, and those 37 people that came to eat on Monday are 37 of our biggest supporters. And they have been for years. Mm-hmm. It's not a bit, it's again, it's not about writing for someone or uh, cooking for someone that writes for, you know, the New York Times. Yeah, yeah. It's about cooking for someone that in a very difficult time decided they wanted to spend 150 bucks to come eat this meal tonight. Yeah. And that's, to me, much more special than cooking for this person. And speaking of growth, I mean, I, again, not having been to that dinner, but having been to dinners that were similar in, in kind, that is the kind of meal that, that you grow from, that you feel like you've learned something, whether it's about a place or a person or a company. Like yeah. You, you grow eating it. It was, for for me personally, the best food that's ever come from me and a team around me. Right. By far. Service, food, everything. And, you know, I owe that 100% to my staff because so, they were about it. So, Logic and J. Cole. Logic and J. Cole. Good stuff. Love it. Finally, shameless plugs. Josh, will let you go first in case people tune out while we're talking. Right, so Plug shameless. all your stuff. All right, so Josh's Premium Meats. Check us out on Instagram. Um, we offer delivery. You can also stop by our store. We open Wednesday through Sunday, uh, 10 to 7. And uh, we are now opening a website coming soon. So to make it easier, um, what else? So we're happy to, you know, our goal is to provide you with the best steak experience. That is what we want to do. What We want to take what you know of steak and just elevate that and blow your mind. Everything you know about steak, I just want to take you to another world. So if you give us that opportunity, you come by, you meet my whole family, because you can't just meet me. When you walk in, you're going to meet my mom, my uncle, my cousins, and you're going to get a full JPM experience. Oh, baby. JPM. Full JPM, baby. Hashtag. Is that a hashtag yet? Yeah. JPM uh, against the world. Just premium, premium Meats is a mouthful, so you're like, you yeah. bring it down to JPM. Yeah. So... <laughs> But uh, <laughs> go with the plugs. Listen, yeah. um, get on the Patreon, right? That's right. So, so we'll, do, yeah. we'll do your plugs. You're picking on <laughs> fans all Fans only? Is that your Area fans only fans. page? That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, only fans. <laughs> Nick, Nick has started a punk and podcast only fans. <laughs> That's actually a pretty good idea. There's some really steamy pictures of Petey the dog on our OnlyFans. They said you, like, what, bathing suits to try on and, like, pay you 50 bucks a month. That would be incredible. Feet of the dog. Feet of podcast the OnlyFans. Check out my OnlyFans. You should start doing that. Oh, that's them. great. I love this idea. I think uh, this. I think we've really cracked the egg here. Oh man. So you're you're pigging on all the things. I am. Ariad, Miami Chugs, uh, Nabe Miami, uh, Ariad Hospitality Group is a new thing on Instagram. I heard. Yeah. So there's that. Now it's a real company. <laughs> that's what I heard. Yeah. That's a um, thing. So is that the handle Ariad Hospitality Group? From my understanding. Okay. Very good. Uh, and now for all of the podcast plugs, you can find Pangong Podcast on all of the social media things at Pangong Podcast. We're on Patreon, uh, along with all the other datemag.com things. Make sure you donate to the Patreon because right. we have to pay for these stolen microphones. Pa- uh, <laughs> I'm cutting all of that out. I've, we've been over this, Mike. Uh, Patreon.com slash datemag. That is uh, no, they're not. This is not making it into the podcast. Wait, I got a thing. Oh, Jesus oh, my party Christ. recommendation. 
if you're at home and you're on a night, maybe you order some meat from Josh's Premium Meats, and maybe you want to add some seafood to that, I think you guys should hit up the Lazy Oyster. Amazing. I don't know if anyone's it heard. two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the drop. No, I got to say, this is another thing. We Can you cut this and put it before? Yeah, start, I don't know. start over, start over. All right. This is, this is the ad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ad? Yeah, yeah, just do it. I got an idea for an ad. You ready? Go, go, you ready? Go, go. Hey, Nick, you hungry? So hungry. I was actually thinking about ordering some red meat from Josh's Premium Meats. What do you think? Sounds like a great idea, but I can't slurp that. I got a great idea then. Why don't we hit up the Lazy Oyster? What's the Lazy Oyster? Oh, my God. You haven't heard of the Lazy Oyster yet? No, but it sounds like something Gilardi would do. Alex Gilardi, exactly one of my favorite people that I would never talk shit about ever. Alex Gilardi opened up this amazing concept called the Lazy Oyster. They deliver oysters right to your house. To my house? To your house. Get out of the town. I can't and I won't because we got to eat the oysters here. Anyways, look them up on social media at the Lazy Oyster. They got a funny design. It's a clam, but it's an oyster. You never knew. Being lazy. <laughs> Being lazy. We're going to add it on to the premium meats here, and we're going to have one hell of a fucking dinner. What do you think? I think this is the best idea you've had in a long time. I can't wait. See you later, Nick. See ya. <laughs> and that's the podcast. Yo, did you just, did that just like happen right now? Like, it really did. <laughs> Holy shit.